dummy, 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 dummy. Hey, friends. Thank you for joining me today for our sixth episode of the Choose Your Own After podcast. I thought I wanted I wanted to take a few minutes actually and take a take up some space to have a bit of a conversation with you. I started this podcast not because I really feel like I have anything huge to say, <laughs> um, not because I consider myself an interviewer by any means, quote unquote interviewer, and not because I think that, you know, everybody should have a podcast. So why don't I just jump aboard? The reason for me doing this is one, I really, really enjoy people. I love having real important conversations about things that matter. And I love when I have a conversation with someone and I take things away from it that I can apply to my own life or situation. Um, And I guess more than anything, I love the connection that happens when you talk about things that go beyond the small talk. And, you know, (laughs) I always said on anything that's had to do with Willowjack from our website and the blog to our social media and now to the podcast that what you see or what you hear or what you read is what you get with me and with Willowjack. It's real. It's authentic. You can hear Will, my son, in the background. I'm not in a fancy studio, as you can hear from the sound quality of what we record. I'm sitting in my family room and because, frankly, there's nowhere else to go. I'm a caregiver to these boys and um, I do not have a lot of free time to myself. Some of things have to happen when I've got them with me. Um, The reason why I really wanted to do this, I think, at its core is because I have been isolating myself so much in the last few years um, with with connecting with people because I, I get so caught up in taking care of my own challenges in life and my own problems and, and hanging out with my boys, especially with the pandemic that I've lost. <laughs> Sorry about Will. I've lost my ability to connect with people and have grown up conversation. And I do most of my best work, I guess you'd say, by reading um, from others. But I want to talk to people. And this is an intentional kind of thing that every week I set aside the time so that I can have a conversation with people that I think have really important things to say. And frankly, you know, if you put me into the real world right now anyway, I, I wouldn't know how to do the small chit chat talk. I don't even know how to have the real talk out in the real world right now. I'm so awkward. I've kind of lost that skill. (laughs) And I don't know that I really had it, to be honest. Um, But anyway, I'm coming to you in this kind of introduction to the podcast today to say that we had a really great guest and I did her a disservice because I was distracted. I was kind of in the middle of a bad day um, with my kids And I did not bring it. And thank God for her because she is poised. She is, you know, carries herself with grace and is a great speaker. 
um, we speak today with Amy, and Amy is Liza's sister's sister, one of the three sisters um, that we refer to often in Willow Jack because they are a part of an extension of my family, I would say. I love them all so much. Um, and Amy is honestly one of those people that when, when you use the, or when you hear the expression, uh, she's come into her own, that is Amy. I've kind of seen her as a younger girl, um, that you could tell she had some greatness within her, um, and had such a, a beautiful intention about her and the way that she reached out to others and kind of did it in a gentle way without the confidence in the beginning and as she's grown into the young woman she is now she is she's she's a force I would say and it has been such a pleasure kind of being in her orbit (laughs) um, to be able to see her grow into what she is now and I'm really grateful for her in this episode because she brings it when I did not. So please forgive my lack of professionalism, <laughs> my lack of um, good conversational abilities. Um, and I think you'll agree that Amy and Liza, her sister who accompanies me today, did a great job of carrying the rest of the episode. So there's a lot of great nuggets in this one uh, to bring forward and apply to your own life as well. So I hope you enjoy it. So settle in and let's get chatting with Amy and Liza. Hey, Liza. Hey, Stacy. Oh my gosh, you're speaking so loud and enthusiastically. I love it. I wish you were our guest today, but I'm very happy because it's not you today. It's your mm-hmm. sister, Amy. Amy, come mm-hmm. join us. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. <laughs> So this week, (laughs) this week, I'm really excited because we've got two sisters on together and we are going to be speaking with Amy about all of the different moments that brought her to her awesome mindset that she carries with her. And Liza is going to back us up and join in the conversation this week. Are we ready? All right. Well, let's get going. How do we get going? Amy. Hi. Hi. Hi, Stacey. <laughs> you know what? I haven't spoken to you in a while, actually. I just thought I know. about it. Like, I know. I feel like I hear so much about you through Liza, but we haven't actually talked in a long time. Likewise. Like, really, I think it's been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, yeah. And for a little bit of background, Amy is the eldest of the three sisters. And Amy, you were the first person that really kind of came into our home this crazy home (laughs) with Mm -hmm, the boys and I was trying to think of that too because I can't even remember when that was now like what year would that have been I think it would have been 2016 it was like the summer after my first year of university I worked with you guys for a bit over the summer holy smokes that's Mm -hmm. already five years that's nuts yeah so yeah so Amy came into our life um to help out with the twins uh Owen and Will so they would have been 13 I guess at the time and Mm -hmm. did you do summer work or was it after school I don't my memory is really bad I think it's it started as after school and went a bit into the summer like it was maybe like May June July or something um, that's right for the first chunk of the summer yeah that's right 
And then Liza followed in your footsteps a year or two after. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm really interested to hear what you've got to tell us because I've kind of seen you from afar grow into this kind of strong woman that you are now. And it's crazy Mm -hmm. that you, well, you are, you're like adulting big time now. You're not just, I I know. know? It's super weird. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It really is. So I want to hear more about it. So what have you got for us? Yeah, so um, where I'm at in my life right now, I'm, I graduated university last year in 2020, um, which was an interesting experience. And I am working in Toronto now. Um, so I work on the recreation therapy team um, at a rehab hospital in the West End of Toronto. Um, and I'm living here and I live actually in an intentional community, um, kind of at Young and Eglinton in Toronto. Um, so we, the kind of agreement with an intentional community is you're a bit more than roommates you kind of you share food together and um, are more kind of supportive than than just roommates who maybe don't don't know each other um so that's been a really great experience for living in toronto solo adulting for the first wow. time to have a bit of extra support has support. been great yeah um but yeah that's where i'm at right now very cool and do you guys and i actually i'm asking you this for the first time because i didn't really know this through liza um, mm-hmm. but in your housing situation then, so is there more to it than, than just that shared support or are there things that you do together outside of your living situation? Like, is there yeah, any so volunteer we, work or? Um, so we're kind of designed as a, as like a community space for young people in Toronto. So we're supported through the United Church of Canada. Oh, okay. um, and so we offer like a weekly meal every Wednesday that any anyone is, is welcome to come to. And we kind of invite um, people that we think would benefit from being involved in the community. And we have regular members who come and kind of share in that meal with us. Um, we do a community garden. So gardening is it's hard to have space to garden in Toronto and especially <laughs> yeah. young people living in apartments and stuff so we have a couple garden plots in our yard that people come and use um and we just kind of host events have space that people can come and and hang out in and enjoy so um that's kind of the bottom line is yeah Yeah, that's great that makes your parents feel a lot better I think (laughs) yeah definitely Toronto doesn't sound as scary Yeah, yeah, definitely. Lots of room for Liza to come for sleepovers, so that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. Have you done that yet, Liza? Um, well, not recently. But when Amy lived there before, when she was on a co-op term, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yes. COVID kind of interfered a little bit, I'm sure, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with everything and my demands on Liza probably interfered a lot too. <laughs> yeah yeah working crazy hours so. they were they were insane <laughs> well you know and I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the podcast up till now but um we've spoken with a few people over the last month or so about um you know you're one of our writers on the Willow Jack website as well and I've loved what you've contributed actually in regards to uh, learning disabilities for one I thought was so amazing I know you offered some insights that I'd never thought of before Mm. Um, and I love the kind of approach that you take to everything and I want to know how you got to that place so I know that um, you said you've got a few that you'd like to tell us about so what have you got what's the first one or where were you before oh, right. your first one? 
for so I have four moments that I'm gonna gonna share about um sure. so I can jump into my first one um my first one my moments kind of are a, a starting point and then I kind of reflect on on the growth that has come after Great. Um, for each one so my first one I was pretty young it was when I was in grade two and it was our move to Bowmanville um so my family moved around a little bit when I was younger for my dad's work. And we had kind of been out West for a while. And then our move back to Bowmanville happened when I was about seven or eight. Um, and a big part of this move was to be closer to my grandparents. So my grandma had been diagnosed with dementia. Um, and my grandpa was kind of aging and having challenges with the care for my grandma. And so this was a time that my family felt we needed to be back to where our roots were and back to, to closer to family. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a really formative kind of time for us because kind of from this young age of of seven I really got this front row seat to see how my family and my my mom especially um cared for my grandparents and and really instilled in us that value of family and how family takes care of each other um which is something that is so important in in my parents values and that they tried to pass on to us um and I think I I don't have kids but I think when raising kids um talk is cheap and and example speaks a lot louder than words so seeing the care that my mom gave to my grandparents through the like daily visits and and outings and feeding my grandma when she was in the nursing home and had stopped eating and just that that selfless love that she showed um for her parents was this really really formative lesson for I think me and I don't want to speak for both my sisters, but I can kind of see in in how they live their lives that I think had a big influence on them too, um, of the the value we place on on loyalty and family relationship um, and kind of what family does for each other. I think absolutely. Kind of and I think that. I think even what was kind of neat from the outside looking in, and I knew you guys kind of at an arm's length back then. Um, Mm -hmm. But even at an arm's length, I knew what involvement all of you had in taking care of your grandparents. And I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say taking care of because I know your grandfather still had his independence as well at the time. But um, what I thought was so beautiful to watch was, you know, you were three girls that we're not being dragged to those visits from what we could see, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you were a part of it. And I think I was at a couple of different um, activities where there was singing or something at the nursing home with your grandmother there. And mm-hmm. I think you girls, you especially Amy would, would have been singing. I don't know if Liza would have been, but, but it really was a lovely thing to see because that's not something that, um, you know, I know what a trial I had in trying to get um, my oldest to participate in anything with me. <laughs> so the mm-hmm. fact that your family was able to do things as a family like that, I think is such an amazing thing. And I, you can see that it, it's followed through with you guys as you've grown. So it's not just when you were little either. It was a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- definitely. And um, I think kind of growing up, you you see, we chose like family dinners over going to the movies with our friends, which at the time was maybe not like an easy decision. But then yeah. you kind of see what um, that that value and the importance that's more long term and and rooted um, in kind of that that love and and selfless care for each other. Um, that's really important. So Aww. I'm very grateful for that. 
I'm I know your mom and I can feel her getting all emotional if she hears this <laughs> and just <laughs> getting those warm fuzzies that she did something right so she absolutely did yeah. something right so all right yeah, well that's definitely. lovely and you know I only mm. met your grandfather a few times I, I met your grandmother but she was not very communicative at the time um mm-hmm. but your grandfather was a great personality he was such a gentle absolutely. kind man oh my goodness he left an yeah. impression on me even in the few short times um, that I met him. But oh, okay, yeah. and what leads you to your second? Yeah, so my my second moment is is similar. I was a pretty young age at this time, but um, Stacey, you've kind of mentioned this at the start that I have a learning disability, and part of what I've reflected on. Um, through my space on Willow Jack is that disability and how it's affected me and I've grown from it. Um, so I have the the moment of memory when I remember my mom telling me that I had this disability and I'd had some, some testing done and she sat me down in the kitchen and um, was kind of explaining the results of this test and said, so it came out that you have a learning disability, but you're also gifted. So you're in some areas more intelligent than people at your level, um, but also struggle with other areas. So I have a working memory disorder, which affects my ability to remember non-chronological information. So which makes like spelling and reading and math, um, that kind of memorization stuff really challenging. And so I remember her saying, you're so smart, but you just need to work a little harder to show people how smart you are. Um, Um, And that was something that really stuck out to me. And I think one of the the gifts and kind of silver linings that's really come from my learning disability um, is I've become a really empowered self-advocate. And something it's taught me is that nobody's going to care about my success as much as I do. So as soon as I start to limit myself or I start to accept the limits that other people are putting on me, that's when I become limited. Um, And so I've really had to work through how to not let that happen um, and how to speak up for what I need and ask for what I need in order to be successful and show everyone how intelligent I am. I love um, that. I, I have this this memory of being in my grade 12 um, English exam and part of the accommodation that I got through school for this disability was a double double time on exams. So I got twice as long as other kids to be able to communicate what I was trying to say. Um, and I remember writing it and everyone else had left the class and there was a supply teacher, a teacher who wasn't mine observing the exam. And she was like, well, well when are you going to be done? Like your time's almost up. When are you going to leave? And I was like, well, I actually have double time to write this exam. And I remember her looking at me being like, nobody's going to sit here for six hours with you while you write this exam. And I do not consider myself an overly snarky person. But in this moment, I was so snarky. I looked her dead in the eye and I was like, well, either you're going to sit here and let me finish this or I'm going to go down and finish in the resource room because this is my right to do that. Good (laughs) for you. And then that like really shut her up. She's like, oh, okay. Did she stay till the Um, end or did someone come in? She, I think she stayed for quite a bit and then they probably like swapped out, but yeah, so Good I for have you. a very clear memory of that moment. I'm just speaking up for myself. Um, so, and I think it's it's also taught me uh, or how to helped me practice self love and self acceptance. Um, so probably once a week, I have what I call a crisis of intelligence, where I just either it's prompted by something that my learning disability has affected, or it just comes out of nowhere, um, where I just feel really stupid and I wish my brain worked like everybody else's, and I just think my life would be so much easier. 
um, if I didn't have this, this added challenge. Um, but I really have practiced getting into the mindset of, well, I can, I can sit here and, and feel stupid and feel dumb and um, wish that things were different, but I can't change the way my brain works. And the only way, only thing I can change is my mindset of how I look at this situation. Right. Um, and so I need to be grateful for the skills and support that I have. I need to remember that I am a smart person. I just communicated in a different way. Um, and that kind of strength and that practice has is translated into a lot of other areas of, of life that I need to, to work on that in. Um, so it, it's a so challenge, but it fantastic. comes through with all these these pieces of wisdom that make me who I am. And, and I remember that people who are perfect are boring and annoying anyway. So it's better. <laughs> it's better to have some imperfection. It makes you more relatable. Than, I was going to say that people, makes so. me feel better about myself. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. And so out of curiosity, I know you, you've said this before, like that conversation sitting with your mom, obviously mm-hmm. that impacted how you kind of carried it through. But when you mm-hmm. came into the self-advocacy, do you think that you had that right from the beginning or is that something that you built on or was that moment right in the exam, the first moment? No, it was definitely something I built over time. Like I had that moment of when I was first learning about my disability of my mom saying that to me and, and knowing it was true. I always yeah. knew I was a smart kid. I just struggled with reading and writing, but I would get good marks on exams. I just had to work on it twice as hard as somebody right. else. Um, and so I did know I was smart. So I never had to learn that. But what I did really have to learn was the speaking up for my for myself. And yeah. my mom was a big pusher for that of you. Why? Like if I wasn't using a laptop during a time when I should have been, she'd be like, you have to ask. Nobody's going to come and hand it to you. You have to go get it and do it. Right. And I think that was something I really built throughout elementary school and, and being someone who didn't want to, I didn't want to stand out. I didn't want to be um, asking for too much accommodation or anything. Um, but learning that if I'm going to be successful, this is what I need to do. And I kind of need to swallow my pride in this moment and make sure I get what, what I need to be successful. Right. So and you know, it was a, a long process growing to that. And I think that the, the best thing, one of the best byproducts of self-advocacy, I think, is that by doing it more and more and more, as awful as it might feel in the moment to do it, you're actually helping your community as well. Because mm-hmm, oh, that's definitely. the only way that the awareness is raised so that soon there might come a time where... Like, I think you touched on that a little bit in, in the, one of the pieces that you wrote. It might come to mm-hmm. a point where people just ask, you know, they open yeah. up the conversation, um, like what accommodations yeah. need to be need, need to be brought to the table rather than you asking for it all the time. So yeah, that's definitely. great. That's yeah. great. All right. You're, you're good at this. You've got like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel like you've really prepared for this. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have. Yeah. All right. So what's our third one here? Um, so my third moment is um, the pilgrimage. So this was a, a trip that I took after grade 12. It was the summer between grade 12 and university. Um, and so I grew up in the United Church of Canada. My mom works for the United Church and growing up going to church was always a big part of our life. And that was kind of how our connection with with Stacy and your family kind of started. Yeah. Um, so 
it's been a big part of our life growing up. And the pilgrimage was this opportunity that was presented to me at um, the end of grade 12, where I was hired by the United Church um, to travel across Canada with 13 other young people um, and kind of learn about the church and learn what our struggles were and what we were offering from a, a young person's perspective. Um, and then bring that wisdom to a meeting where we were going to be making some decisions and there were going to be some important votes happening about the future of the church and how we were going to use our funding and all that kind of stuff. Um, so this trip, we, we traveled coast to coast across Canada for, I think, six weeks, um, which was a huge experience and opportunity for me that was so formative and I was so blessed to have it. Um, I formed some really great connections with the people I was working with um, and also just grew to learn so deeply what the United Church was offering and what our roots are um, and not that the United Church is this perfect space in, in any way but I do really believe that we are trying our best to embody inclusion and social justice and, and faithful action in the world um, which was something that really I really loved and really resonated with me and I decided the United Church was something I wanted to be a part of for a long time right um, and I think the biggest part of, of church for me is the community of people who care for you that comes along with it. And I think that um, I learned that through the pilgrimage and through these connections with the people I was working with. Um, but then also as the pilgrimage was done, the, co the connections that have continued throughout my life since then. Um, so my uh, living at Flourish House, Flourish House is run through the United Church. So that's been an opportunity that's um, come from that. I worked within the United Church. Um, and I just, I love so much this community and this care and connection that comes from being involved in something bigger than yourself. Um, and I think, I think in our society today, there's this hole that's in a lot of people's lives and, and not saying church is necessarily what's gonna fill that hole, but I think in past, it was a community of people that often came from church um, that kind of supported people and, and made space for people to work together and, and connect over mutual values. Yeah. Um, and with so, so few people going to church these days, that's, that's something that's missing. And I think it's hard to know where to find that. Um, so I, I think we need to look for those spaces again, uh, now that we are where we are, but anyway, I'm getting off track, but no, no, no. <laughs> I think that's great because I think what that yeah. is as well, take religion out of it for people who can't mm -hmm. handle the conversation. It's, it's yeah. living a life with purpose and intention, right? It's making yeah, connections with your community intentionally. And that, that is not something that I think a lot of people think about. They just get about their yeah. day and their business. And I think it's amazing when you see that happening, especially with someone of your age and that age group. Mm -hmm. And I know that when you did that pilgrimage trip that I was very envious, I have to say. Yeah, yeah I really was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember I don't going back quite a while now. I don't know if I saw photos back then or if I just heard about it. But the mm -hmm. idea that you got to do so much in that short amount of time just seemed pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. What was the yeah. highlight of that trip? Mm, I remember being in, in Saskatchewan when part of, uh, there were some wildfires going on as, as often happens in the summer and they had evacuated a uh, indigenous reserve that was kind of in North Saskatchewan. 
Yeah. And so all these people were living in a, um, living in a hockey arena. Like there were just like bunks set up and everyone was living there and it wasn't necessarily part of our plan, but we were staying at this church in Saskatchewan. They're like, there's all these kids from this reserve who are living here. Like, do you think you could take an evening and go and just like play some games with them? Right. Um, and we did and it was the most fun I've ever had it was so fun like all the kids were just like so grateful to have toys and and people to play with and we did like face painting where they all like painted our faces and um it was just such a fun like impromptu evening Um, that's great that really stands out Mm -hmm. that's great and were your sisters jealous <laughs> of the experience, <laughs> Liza. I, I think our, not one part of Shy Liza would have liked that. We all know. This. Yeah, I, know. I remember. I remember packing for it and like being like, "Oh, I'm like so excited." And Liza's like, "Yeah, I'm not jealous of you at all. Like, I do not want to do that at all." I know. And then when we picked her up from the airport, I'm like, "She's gonna be so happy to be home." And she was crying. She bawled for like a day. Oh, she wanted to go she back. Was so happy to see us because she was sad. She was home. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of emotion. I was I was happy to be home, but it was hard to leave. <laughs> oh, it's like that camp feeling, right? You want so bad yeah. to go back, except for Liza. Liza doesn't get True. that camp feeling, but oh yeah. boy, you guys are so different and so similar in so many different ways. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, okay, and we're already at your last one. That's kind of amazing, yeah, Amy. Nice. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I'm excited. All right. (laughs) Let's go. Okay. So uh, moment number four is, this is a very general moment, but it's my, uh, my university experience. So I guess the moment could maybe be my, my first day at university. if We want to pinpoint it. Um, So I, like I said, I finished university in 2020 and I did a a five-year degree at the university of Waterloo. So it was a a pretty big chunk. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Of my my favorite university obviously sorry you have to pipe in it's It's better than western yeah yeah way better (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry yeah no that's all right um so yeah university was a big a big chunk of my my 24 years so far um and I I just got honestly when I was reflecting on my university experience it all kind of boiled down to to luck (laughs) from what was the theme that came out um I just feel like I was so lucky to end up at a program that I I really loved um so I studied recreation therapy um and I loved my professors I loved what I was learning um which is such a blessing and has ended me up in a job that I really, really like. So um, that is so, so lucky, I think. Um, And uh, another big part of my university experience was living at uh, a university college called Conrad Grable University College um, was where I lived in residence for the first two years. And then I was involved in leadership later on um, in my degree. And the Conrad Grable is run through the Mennonite church, actually. So it was kind of my church experience that ended me up um, at this place to live. Um, and it was such a blessing. I remember when I toured it, I thought it was weird because they all like <laughs> sat in the cafeteria was all like circle tables. And one of the rules at Grable is that when you come and eat in the cafeteria, you have to fill in the first available spot. So you're not just allowed to go oh. and sit by yourself in the corner or sit with your friends. You have to sit in the first empty chair, um, which when I was touring, I was like, mm, that seems weird. I want to eat with my friends. Yeah. Um, but then <laughs> I, for whatever reason, I honestly can't remember, I did decide to live there. And it was one of the best 
and most important choices I think I made. Um, I made so many wonderful friends and and they're, they have a very big value of community within the Mennonite church and within Grable especially. Um, so they do a community meal together every Wednesday. They put a lot of effort into social events and that fill the table rule to make sure you're nobody's eating alone and you're kind of getting to know everybody who lives there um, was so valuable. And I just ended up with such wonderful connections and I met my partner there, which is so lucky. And um, I think has, has just been another moment in my, my need and for community and the value that I placed in community. And I think coming from a strong church community and a strong family university was a really scary step for me to take. Um, But I think kind of being surrounded by this um, support system that was kind of instant um, was a big player in my success at university and something I really leaned on and am so grateful for. Um, and Livy, actually, my our youngest sister, um, she just started university yeah. uh, this September, and and at Waterloo as well. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. and, <laughs> and she is living at Grayball for her first year. Um, and I had this kind of weird moment of when. I went to visit her a couple of weeks ago and we were walking around campus and I saw um, her residence and stuff. Um, and I just had this flashback of me like six or seven years ago, however many it was um, kind of in my shoes and in, or in her shoes of for me in first year and kind of what my, my dreams were and, and how I was feeling in the time ta- at the time. Um, and I had this awesome realization of, of I'm where I, this is what I dreamed of when I was in living Aww. shoes. I wanted to be, I wanted to have these connections coming out of university, these friendships that I could lean on, a career that I was happy about. And, and I've, I've created that for myself so far. And I'm just I take that moment of, of pride um, in where I've ended up is was something so cool. And to be like, live in the dream is not necessarily something I think <laughs> of, of myself in my like early 20s. I've still got a lot to figure out. And I'm not where I'm going to be forever by any means, but um, just taking a moment to, to be proud of, of where I've made it. Um, and that this six or seven years ago was what I wanted. And, and now I'm here um, is pretty cool. To, That's to really on, so. great. That's really great. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about, I, I know a little bit because I've read your post, um, but recreation therapy, recreational therapy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that and the job that you have right now? For sure. So recreation therapy um, is a position that it works in healthcare and also community um, to create accommodations for people to engage in recreation and leisure um, in ways that they need to. So right now I work with um, people who are quadriplegics um, and I create accommodations and adaptations for them to engage in meaningful recreation um, in spite their physical limitations. Um, So we do a lot of adaptive equipment, we do a lot of goal setting, um, and we really focus on on the value of creating a meaningful life and a life that's full of joy and and excitement and and things that you want to do in spite the the challenges that you face. Um, So it's really, really cool. It's such a such a rewarding job. Um, So I'm very 
very grateful for it. It's very important. Look up recreation therapy. It's a cool job. <laughs> we do a lot of cool <laughs> Because what are the it's other... Great program. It's a great program if you're looking for something to <laughs> What are the other kind of avenues that you could have taken with that, um, with that education? Like, is it necessarily mm-hmm. a hospital or a long-term care setting? Or what are the other things that you could do with that? Yeah, there's lots of avenues. So I did a, a co-op degree at Waterloo. So I had a few co-op placements where I was working in different avenues of rec therapy. Um, and so working in hospital is a big, big avenue. Um, mental health. So helping people um, create positive recreation um, and leisure pursuits when they're trying to get over addiction or depression or whatever mental health challenges they're going through. Um, There's a lot of opportunities there. Um, I did one of my co-ops working with uh, the disability community. So trying to create spaces in in community for people with disabilities to engage without barriers. Um, so we did a lot of just like community outings with people with disabilities and and art groups and things like that to create community amongst themselves. Um, and long-term care is a big one. I worked at the Veterans Center uh, right. at Sunnybrook um, where you're just providing meaningful leisure for people who are approaching the end of life to make sure they still have reasons to get out of bed in the morning and, and things to look forward to and, and fun things to do um, is important. So I love it. I, I feel yeah. like I knew people mm-hmm. that took that program um, back in the day, way back in the day, but I don't know that anyone kind of ended up where you did and I'm not sure where they ended mm-hmm. up, but I don't think it was in necessarily in kind of the health field. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely a new a new field of study or newish compared to uh, the other fields that are in medicine and healthcare. So yeah, um, it's definitely a little, little baby profession, but that's kind of cool and exciting that there's lots of areas for, to for create. research and opportunity. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. great. That's great. Mm-hmm. So Liza, what do you, what do you think? What, what of your sister's life do you think that you are well I don't want to say jealous of but are you guys just so different (laughs) are you so different that there's nothing that you would really want to pursue that she's kind of taken Um, and now she's quiet so the question is what am I jealous of is there anything (laughs) yeah is there anything I I want to create a spat um good question (laughs) (laughs) um yeah probably like Amy said that she's really good about like creating communities around her I am not so good at that (laughs) Um, (laughs) so wherever Amy goes she like just attracts the people who are like her and does a lot to keep in touch with people and keeps in touch with their communities even when she leaves and has worked really hard at that so Mm. that's probably what I think Amy I'm probably the most jealous of but I mean I could try harder but (laughs) I'm also also quite a bit taller than Liza I'm also quite a bit taller than Liza so yeah also jealous jealous of that yeah Well, I, I will say that, you know, a lot of that is intentional, right? And I think it, it fits Amy's personality. Absolutely. But Liza, you know, anyway, this isn't about Liza. We'll wait for Liza's, Liza's day. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to. Well, okay, Liza. Yeah, there's, there's, lots of, 
there's lots that I'm jealous of about Liza, so you can invite me back. I will. I, I will. Be my sidekick <laughs> for that one. We could t- we'll sure, just, I can't wait. We'll end up talking the whole time, so Liza will be just be really embarrassed. And we'll It'll like, just be like, yeah. podcast all over again. <laughs> there we go. I'll you guys share chat. what I think Liza's moments are. And I- <laughs> Please. We will. Yeah, we great. will. Okay, yeah. so the whole idea of doing this podcast, Liza and I spent a lot of time, by the way, trying to come up with what would the theme be or what would the title be of this podcast? And I don't want to, Liza, really, how long do you think it took us? Like months? So long. All summer, at least. All summer. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a lot of the ideas we came up with when you kind of start searching in the podcast world, you realize that everybody's got a podcast and all mm-hmm. those ideas are taken. So we kind of came up with this choose your own after idea just because I like the idea that um, mindset is not always created just because it's there automatically, that it's a, a choice that you kind of make. And it's usually a choice that's triggered by some kind of event or happening or something that kind of caused you to make a decision to say, I'm going to go this way rather than, you know, or like you said, Amy, even I'm trying to remember, but in speaking even about disability, right? Like you can choose to sit Mm -hmm. and wallow and cry. And, and I do that too, all the time. Like I wallow and cry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then you can kind of choose to kind of shift a little bit to the right and, and go forward in, in more positive setting. And I think, so Mm -hmm. we were talking about the choose your own adventure books and oh, yeah. I love the idea of having to make choices sometimes because they, I think that when you, though, I, I don't, I'm babbling right now, but when you make those choices, it kind of shows your personality a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so Liza hasn't told me what she's got for us, but she had some questions for you that she, oh. you didn't tell her ahead of time, did you? Liza? Um, I told her some of them, not all of them. <gasps> not all of them. And they're, okay. yeah. Okay. So we're going, they're not all adventure based, but you that's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> would you rather hit me mm-hmm. go out for coffee or make it at home? Oh, Ooh. well, I would rather, hmm, I'd rather go out for coffee. Okay, good answer. Yeah, what, more what do you then, drink for <laughs> coffee? Oh, I drink, uh, I love a just a classic dark roast. Um, I also love an oat milk latte. Mm. By or dirty chai also that was one I think yeah yeah that's so So addictive I have to say I just bought today actually from Amazon I bought um some what is it it's a pumpkin creamer I guess but it's from a it's a health power food kind of thing but I also bought one of those little mini frothers from Amazon so that you can whip your own for coffee so you know maybe yeah they're easy and they're less than 20 bucks, those little frother things. They're cool. Mm-hmm. So it's worth it. You can make your own. The other day, if you get a dirty chai with pumpkin cream cold foam. Yeah. That's so, dangerous. So good. So good. I do not like eggnog, but I'm waiting for eggnog season at Starbucks. Oh, you, so you like the, the dirty chai eggnog with drink? eggnog. Yes. Oh, right, 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 right. Dirty chai with eggnog. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Ugh. Okay. Okay, moving All on. Right. <laughs> so let's moving say you on. do make coffee at home. What's your favorite mug? Do you have a favorite mug? Oh, my favorite mug. Yeah, you did not tell me all these questions. These <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> you really black. I feel like everyone you has a like favorite you had mug. told me all of them. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I definitely do have a favorite mug. I go through phases of having favorite mugs. Um, but right now, my favorite mug is uh, this mug that I got as a gift for singing in a friend's wedding. Um, and it's this really beautiful, like, clay kind of, like, ombre, pink to cream um, handmade mug that I love um, and was a special gift. So I really like using that one right now. Beautiful. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what is uh, your drink order? Alcoholic, warm, cold, whatever you want. In general? In general. Oh, oh it depends so much. Well, I already said my coffee ones. Yeah. Um, so I'll say if I'm if I'm ordering a, a drink drink, um, drink, I love a, a Belgian <laughs> moon beer uh, with an orange wedge in it. I had a friend, it's actually the same friend who gave me the mug, said that a Belgian moon beer is a breakfast beer because it comes with a slice of orange. Completely so oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I told you so Stacey was going to say that. I'm feeling I was telling Amy the question. She's like, Stacey's going to mention that she hates beer. I know it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. And you know what? Oh, I have to say that I think my hatred from beer goes back to the University of Waterloo, my residence. I swear our floor was carpeted and it it smelled like old beer all the time. And that's what I hated. That would do it. Oh, I'm done. I I will never. Anyway, go on. This isn't about Okay, no more talking about beer. Um, (laughs) What are you currently watching? Currently watching on TV? Um, I am currently watching the show Good Girls. Um, yes, would recommend. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, it's I know you're watching. Three that. suburban moms <laughs> who fall into a life of crime. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's hilarious. It's so good. I watched the it's first really half cool. of the first season and then I never followed through with it. I should go back I think one day. Really like it. Yeah. No, I like all. I like all the actresses in it, so I might. Um, biggest fear. Uh, sharks for sure. For sure. Okay. Oh boy. No, nothing else needed there. Um, what do you want for your birthday? I'm just kidding. kidding. Don't answer that. that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, okay. So life is an adventure. Um, what is your most embarrassing moment? (laughs) Amy has a good story for this one. I have a good, most embarrassing moment. Um, okay, it's a couple. It's a it's a few liner. There's a couple. Yeah, that's fine. Details to the story, but I'll, go. I'll spend some time telling it. Um, so I was I was in grade twelve, and I was going to be volunteering at this community care day program for people with dementia, and I was going to like interview, like quote unquote interview, like for this position. But it was my first like real kind of jobby type interview. So I was pretty nervous. Um, and I remember I went and I had left school to like go or right away to like go to this interview. And I was sitting there with my notes and I was waiting in the chair. And then I was like preparing for the interview in my mind. And then I started like deciding how I was going to open like when this woman came out to like start the interview and then I was like oh I I forget her name and like we had been like emailing back and forth so I should have known her name but I couldn't think of it and so I was like sitting there like racking my brain trying to figure out what her name was and then like in the last second I remembered it was a miracle her name was Kim I was like oh thank goodness I remember this woman's name I'm gonna be so impressive and like remember (laughs) her name and then she comes out and she says hi you must be Amy and then it really threw me off that she said my name and it's not like hi I'm Kim like she said you must be Amy and so that really threw me off and so then I went to shake her hand and I was like hi I'm Kim because I was like repeating in my mind that like okay her name's Kim her name's Kim so I was like hi I'm Kim and then she (laughs) and I was like oh actually 
I'm not Kim. You're Kim. <laughs> I'm Amy. <laughs> and then she just kind of like dropped my hand and was like, right. <laughs> bad such a, such a, a good most embarrassing moment story um, yeah. how, so, did it, yeah, how did that sure. how it did it it was fun i don't even remember the rest of the interview i did i'm pretty sure it was just volunteer things so i definitely already had the job and i ended up volunteering there it was totally fine and i oh hope she forgot about it but <laughs> no 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 no, no, no she remember. wouldn't have she wouldn't have forgotten about that <laughs> oh, come on Cece, come sorry on. no she did <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that's it for sure. Very uh, good. Liza, why <laughs> would why did you want to pick that out for your sister? About her most embarrassing moment? Yeah. I think it's the You're best hoping to embarrass her. <laughs> I think the world yeah. needs to know that is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> she walked into a shop, she tripped, like this. No, that's bad. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so funny. I asked her bad. if I could ask, and she said yes. So very good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to tell everyone that story. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell <laughs> All right. Well, is that it? Have we come to the end? That's all I got. That's all you got. Well, yeah. Amy, I have to say I'm still impressed by you. I'm always impressed by all three of you, regardless of your mm-hmm. ages. And I know everybody from our little church community would say the same thing and i i'd really love to embarrass you and make you send us out with a a song or something you know yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I can't. maybe we'll scour maybe some, time, yeah. we'll find some old recordings and throw them in we can do whatever we want you know totally. that's true right that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well i give you permission if you find recording but i will not be singing right now oh <laughs> uh, there you go liza you can search for some and edit that for us completely so, <laughs> well thank you very very much and i will bring you back if i could for when we get liza committed to doing her interview oh yeah of course i would love to i, I don't know when it'll happen liza soon i Maybe? don't know either soon yeah. well we'd like it to be soon but i don't know liza must have some courage after today right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah she's gone quiet again so yeah probably not it'll it will be great, be great. <laughs> all right well thank you very very much and we will um well i was going to say what was the song so we will be including um a bit more information i think we'll put some links up as well for the rec program and anything that you okay, have right. as well about um from the united church program that you want to provide to us we can include um in show notes that can be found on our blog at the willowjack.com site um and we're going to include your song what was the song that you referred to that's your favorite do you remember well there were the two there was the our relationship song and then there was the hard times song i think perfect those are the two i sent we'll post that too the we are family i thought was kind of funny as my <laughs> our relationship song because stacy you're you're will your part of our family <laughs> well that's yeah, so nice and yeah. i can hear will singing that in my mind right now because he sings that song oh, oh wonderful he that's does so he does yeah. so maybe we'll have to get maybe i can get him recorded singing it and we can put that yeah, at the end oh, of this <laughs> and what was the other one 
then the other one was uh hard dirt by the hunter brothers it's a good hard time song very like good okay we'll be posting mm-hmm. those all right well thank you yeah. it is late um yeah we don't have any bachelor to watch tonight are you a bachelor lover by yeah. the way Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> I know. I thought it was tonight. So I was very disappointed that it wasn't on. So yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll yeah. be talking to you soon. And for everybody listening, thank you for sitting through all of our silliness and some of the giggles <laughs> that we've had. And we will be back next Thursday. I don't know who we're talking to next Thursday. Maybe it will be Liza. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, thanks so we'll much see. for having me. This has been so fun. Thank you. Talk to you, Talk to you later. Bye, okay, ladies. Bye. Bye. A dummy, 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 dummy. This has been a Willow Jack podcast, Choose Your Own After, released on September 30th, 2021. Interview by Stacey Haley, special guest Amy McClelland, sound effects William Haley, and produced by Liza McClelland. As a postscript to this episode, we acknowledge the first National Day of for Truth and Reconciliation. This is an opportunity for us to reflect on the harms inflicted by colonialism and residential schools and their ongoing legacy. We stand in support with all Indigenous individuals, families, and communities today and every day. We hope you are wearing your orange in support and will take time out of your day to read, listen, and learn, and will acknowledge the moment of silence at 2.15pm. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh yeah!